Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like Him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. Praise the Lord. Come on, amen. Yeah. I am always so excited when, you know, God moves. Now, let me give you a little, like, a little uh, thought about healing. Um, a couple things. One, people have said, well, when you have a word, you know, do you have to give it on the mic? Do you know that I have a word every single service? Every single service, I have a word. Every time. And I always pray for you. I don't know who always gets it, but when I get those kind of things that I don't always have this mic, right? I don't say those out loud often, but when I do, you know, I say it out loud if I have the mic, but if I don't, okay? Because many of you have a certain thing that you, you, you go, oh my gosh, you feel something. And you go, well, what do I do with that? You pray. You pray. You don't need to, nobody needs to know that you prayed for it. You prayed for it and they received it. I don't know who received it, but they got it. And that's the thing about that faith walk of really having a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, something that you get and you're like, well, what do I do with it? You just pray. And God uses your words to touch another person, which hallelujah, they got it. They come in and they go, whoa, I got healed. I got helped. I got wisdom. Whatever it might be that you prayed for is that's what the family does one for another. I don't know. I wonder in heaven, God doesn't, you know, of course, we're not looking for glory in heaven. We are looking for glory on earth, but we're not in heaven. We have a different kind of thing, but I don't know if God will, he'll go, you know what? I just want to show you all your acts of obedience and what it produced. So that act of obedience of praying. And the second thing about praying for healing and areas of healing is this, is that when we pray for areas of healing, man, I believe we are a house of miracles. Come on, come on church. We're a house of miracles. Amen. <laughs> miracles. Things that would not happen without the miracle power, without the God intervention in this situation. But I also want to encourage you that God works sometimes outside of your understanding of, oh, well, this is the only way that God can do it. And so often we don't realize that God has brought about an answer, but we did not receive it because it didn't come the way. So it could be like this. Say that you prayed for something and later on in the conversation, somebody says, oh, hey, but they just go, oh, I learned this. And they tell you something something about something that they learned about how they got healed and you go oh wow I should do that yeah you should that was the Holy Spirit that had a word come to you through somebody talking to you you might see something you might observe something and you go oh I should well that's that would really help me yes it would then you do it so the Holy Spirit comes many different ways to bring about a solution to your situation. Often, sometimes I've, I have noticed that, like, you know, like, like seriously, uh, you, you just feel you should do something. Like, it's like, I, I should try this or I should do that. But, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do it. You know, there's this, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, if it's not sinful, it's not going to hurt you. It's not harmful. Sometimes we just are, we're just, we're just being stubborn. And the Spirit of God goes, would you stop being stubborn? Come on, come on, come on, come on. And he, and he helps us do something that we just hadn't done before. Like maybe walk around the block. You know what I mean? Like move our legs beside, you know, walk from car to house to car to house. He might say, go walk a little bit. And oh, do you understand that? Does that make sense? 
that, that we actually go, oh, I can do that, and that would help me. So these are things often the Spirit of the Lord kind of nudges us, or we listen to a conversation, or something is said in the conversation, not even a, a personal conversation. You might have heard somebody talking about something, and you act on it, and then boom, things begin to happen. It's amazing how often God sends people across our pathway. We might know them, we might not know them, and they give us wisdom of what to do in our own life. Have ears to hear. Have a heart to receive, you know? And they're di- sometimes they're just different things that God has given us and able to do. When I fell a couple years ago, I fell, r- I just, just literally, I mean, I just went bam. And I fell right on my hip on pure cement. And I, I just, I, I, just, I was this way and I just, like literally, I fell so hard. And I had um, pinched nerves. And it lasted about two years. And I decided, man, I was pr- I, we prayed. We believed God. I went to acupuncture. I went to a chiropractor. I went to a physical therapist. I have no idea why it stopped. I I don't know. I don't know why it stopped. I don't know what was the thing, but I do not have any pinched nerve anymore. And the big thing with me with pinched nerve was I hike. And what was happening is my ankle would give out just uncontrollably. So I'd be hiking, my ankle would give out, and I would fall. (laughs) Who wants to fall when you're hiking all the time? So that was a necessity thing that I had to get healed. It didn't hurt as much as I just needed to get it taken care of. But I used every endeavor to to get healed in my life. So I'm just encouraging you in ways, and sometimes you do not know what the answer is. Okay, you don't know. I don't know which one was the, I don't know if all three of the above or all four, all five. I don't know. I just did them all. Cool? Okay, that's just a a word of the Lord for us to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit more. Okay, so it's a really fun time. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can be in each and every one of our lives. What we've been dealing with in the last several weeks is foundations, understanding foundations. The found, and, and, and if you've missed previous week, or if you even were here, I would really encourage you to download our app, just CF Church app, and then it's for free on there, and you can re-listen to the foundations over and over, so you really get a hold of something that's really important in our life, because foundations uh, make or break us in life. Foundations are that important. Well, okay, so how many of you, you've been driving around, and all of a sudden, you know, you, maybe you've even driven by a same place over and over and over. And all of a sudden, you notice that the place that had bushes and trees and, you know, all this kind of stuff, all of a sudden it's cleared. And you realize when it got cleared, oh, whoa, something's going to get built there. Something's going to go up. Well, I've been driving down 272nd, and uh, there's this one area that I, I, I've seen it for a kajillion years because I've lived down the same street forever and ever and ever. And, you know, I think for 35 years, this one area has had nothing built on it. Well, out of the, you know, out of the blue, all of a sudden it's getting clear cut and then it's cleared. And then, and then I notice, okay, what do they do? They bring in a big old thing that's, that's, that digs out a bunch of dirt in the bottom. Why? Because they want to make sure they dig out so they can build, have a strong foundation in the house. If they don't dig and they don't build the foundation, what's going to happen to the house? It's not going to be built well, right? It's going to fall down. So as I'm watching it, it's kind of fun, you know, like a, you know, like a kid driving by every day to see the, the, all the different work that's been going on and how they're building, what they're doing. Well, another thing that I love and that I kind of found on TV, you know, your, your home that, you know, in these last couple of years, and I said to Tasha, I said, well, you know, what's on TV? And she goes, Mom, have you watched HGTV? And I went, 
HGTV? No, I've never even heard of it. Where is it? How many of you watch HGTV in this room? Okay, or at least have passed by it. You know where it is, right? I was so I was so amazed that there was actually a channel that you could watch people build houses and you could watch food, which I don't want to cook the food. I just want to watch them cook the food, right? How fun is that? So, but the building the houses was really fascinating to me, right? So that was the first thing I found on HGTV is building houses. Well, in building the houses, what you find is, for one thing, they're really good at it. And I realized quickly that they're really good at it, but I shouldn't try to do what they're doing. You know, I would not be very good at that kind of thing. But one of the things, one of the shows, I, did, I, I think every single time I watch this one person show, he always finds mold in the house, always. He always, now, why, why other builders don't find mold, I'm not positive, but he always finds mold in every house. So there's always mold in the house. And mold is poisonous. So if you have mold in your house, you've got to get the mold out of your home. But another one, another one is how do you, that watch how, how I wrecked my house. So I watched how I wrecked my house. And one of the first ones I watched, I've only watched a few of those ones. But how I, the first one I watched was a guy that wanted to fix their master bathroom. So he started digging into the master bathroom. And it ended up that like he kept digging and digging and digging. And the pipes were broken. They were all rusted. Everything was falling apart. And of course, can you imagine trying to sleep next to this open, yucky room, right? They put up a big black tarp, but that's not going to help anything. Why? Because when they looked at the foundation of the house, it was rusty, it was dirty. Another foundation, moldy and gross. And I thought, huh, you know, when you think about that, you know, we watch these shows, but I wonder if we've recognized in our own spiritual foundation, some of us don't even realize we got some mold in our foundation. Do you know what mold would be in our foundation is bad teaching bad stuff that we have learned maybe from our past, bad experiences that we haven't gotten healed, situations that we are still angry and mad about. And we've got some mold in the foundation of our home. And as you watch these HDTV shows, you realize mold in a natural home will destroy the home. It will bring sickness into your life, just natural sickness into your life. So will mold in your foundation in your spiritual life. It will bring sickness into who you are. But what about in wrecking your house? What about how we have dug up some things and we leave them undone? How many of us, we just kind of, we started off all hot and ready for God, and then we just cooled off and didn't realize that we also have left a lot of things undone inside of us. And the Spirit of God wants us to have strong foundations so that we win in life, that we have strength in our life. How many of you remember a couple of years ago when we had a big old um, uh, earthquake? How many of you are around or remember or are old enough to remember that we had a, that she said, I ain't going to raise my hand. You just said old enough. I can't. Well, anyways, wait, we had a big old earthquake here. Did, did anybody remember the earthquake, in, the, the Seattle earthquake? I don't know what they call it, you know, but the, the earthquake that we have. Well, in the earthquake, I remember it very clearly because for one thing, I was teaching when the earthquake happened. I literally was on the platform in our old building. We had a room full of women that were all at the women's Bible study. We had tables all over the place. And all of a sudden, literally, you could feel the shake. But not only feel the shake, we, we had things that were hanging, like we had speakers and we had stuff like uh, lights and stuff. Things literally, the first thing that happened, praise the Lord, was on that side of the room. There was no tables over there. Boom, something crashed to the floor. Boom. Some, and so I'm like, what? You know, and it's like that deer in the headlight. Ah! What do you do? You know, and immediately someone's yelling, helping me out. 
Get, me out, get into the tables, everybody. So literally, everybody's running to the table. Somebody yells at me because I'm still trying to get everybody to obey, get under the tables. They're yelling at me, Wendy, get over here, get over here. You know, because sometimes you're not aware. You know, I'm running, I'm getting under the table. Then the birthquake passes. Then guess what? Then the hard work really came in. So then we had to, I got up and I, and I started yelling, you know. I'm starting to yell, okay, everybody, what are we doing? I, the moms, of course, are running. Their children are over in the childcare. They're running to get their kids. But I also had a school also connected in our building. We had a couple hundred kids in the school, and there was not one. But Casey was in South Africa, so and some of the the brother pastors were, had all gone to downtown. I think they were all shopping, whatever. And no, I don't know what they were doing. And, but no one was around me, so I am like taking charge, which of course is the best place for every woman to be. And all the women in the house should, should say, amen, Wendy, go, go. No, yeah, okay, whatever. So anyway, so I'm racing around. I'm getting everybody, the kids taken care of, the kids getting home. Because our building, we had to leave the building. I mean, with things falling and the kids' classes all shook, we didn't know what was safe, what was not safe. Everybody had to leave the ground until we could check everything out, right? Everybody goes home, right? So now I get in my car and I'm thinking, huh, how's my foundation? I mean, how's my, I'm going to drive home. How's the foundation that I live in? Is my foundation cracked? Is my foundation, is my house still there? Is it a wreck? What's going to go on? Well, I was grateful that I drove home and I had a couple broken things, but no big deal. And I thought, yes, the foundation of my home was strong. Is the foundation in my inner man strong? Is my spirit strong? Because guess what? Just like in the natural, I went through an earthquake. Just like in the spirit, you will go through an earthquake in your life. You will go through an earthquake. You, it's not will I, or, or no, I won't. No, it won't happen to me. No, 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 no. You don't live on the earth without having a huge earthquake happen in your life at some time. Sometime in your life, if not many times in your life, because some of them are mini earthquakes, some of them are minor earthquakes, some of them are bigger earthquakes. But you live on the earth, you're going to have something that shakes your very foundation. It will shake you in your foundation. And the thing about this that I feel so strong about is that you and I have to have a foundation built so that just like when I drove home to my natural house and said, yes, my house is standing. Yes, it's still there. You and I have to be able to drive home in our spirit house. And when we have been shook, when we've had a tough situation, we have to be able to drive home to our, our, our spirit person and say, yes, I'm still standing, me and God. Amen. Because you will be shook, okay? You will be shook, okay? And in the foundation today, I have the privilege and the honor to teach and to talk about the power, the power of the Holy Spirit to live and abide within us. And how important it is for you and I to know as believers that you and I as believers, we've got, to re we've got to get a hold of the power of God. So when shakes happen, we know what to do. We know we've got power. We know we've got the goodness of God that's living and abiding within us. Look at, look at our, a couple scriptures that I want to start off with in 1 John 5 and verse 7. I really encourage you, write down these scriptures. Or also, this week, it'll be on the app, and you can re-listen to it. 1 John 5, 7 so it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, or that would be the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
Oh, it could, it's not up there. And these three are one. So we notice, we, it, it probably is going to pop up the scripture so that you can see this in 1 John 5 and verse 7. It, it, it will probably be up as soon as I get done. But there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. So how important it is that you and I recognize something very importantly in me teaching on the Holy Spirit today is many people get kind of confused about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But not only confused, many times even historically, the church is very comfortable talking about the Father. The church is very comfortable talking about the Son. The church is very uncomfortable talking about the Holy Spirit. It's like, it just is like a like the little brother. Not important. What is that? It's gone away. It's not here anymore. But you and I, we've got to recognize what does the Bible say, not does what our history say, not does what our, our religious history say, not just what is more comfortable. We've got to go, no, 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 I've got to get a foundation. I've got to know what the Bible says because I need a foundation that will withstand against the storms of life, okay? So when it says right here, for there are three that bear witness, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I have this very earthly, simple illustration that I want to kind of give us a visual so that we can kind of understand something. Now remember, this is kind of a, an earthly, simple visual, okay? It's pretty simple, but it's so that we can understand something and kind of visually go, oh, because it's kind of like you say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're one? Like, how does that work? Because it doesn't make total sense. Okay, let's talk about this. This is H2O, water. This is H2O. This is H2O, okay? They all have different definitions. They all have different pictures of what they are, but they're all H2O. So the first one that we're gonna talk about in understanding the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, the Father. And this is the definition. This is how the, de the, this is our visual of what we see of the Father. In H2O, he represents himself like this. So let me show you a couple scriptures that who is the Father. So we see God the Father. Genesis 1, who is God the Father? Well, Genesis 1 does say, does, did they find, that? can they pop it up there? There they, yes. Thank you, media team. You're the best. <laughs> Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, okay, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you read all of Genesis, it says God created, God created, God created, God created, okay? So we recognize what we're trying to see in our H2 understanding is how he shows himself is God says, in the beginning, I have created the heavens and the earth. And then we see in Psalms 47, verse 8, this is again showing God. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. So we recognize in the who God is, is God is the creator. God sits, he reigns over the nation. So his showing of himself in his H2 and demonstration, we see that God sits in heaven. And then we see in Matthew 6 and verse 9, kind of again gives us this picture of God. Matthew 6, 9, in this manner, therefore pray our Father, where? In heaven. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Now, this is a very short, little, just a little definition of God because you see the bigness of God from Genesis to Revelation of the Father part of who He is. But this is to give you a, oh, okay. So God the Father in His showing of Himself, we recognize that when He shows Himself, He's the Creator. When, we sh when He shows Himself, we say, our Father who is in heaven. So this is how He shows Himself of the three, okay? It is the H2O demonstration of the Father. But then we see the Son, okay? So when we look at, okay, who's, who's the Son? Okay, so we look at the Son. John 14 and verse 6 says this. Jesus said, okay, so this is H2. Jesus said, okay, so we see that it's, this is still H2, right? It's just frozen, but you put them, it's one. H2, H2, it's one. Okay, so Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one, in order to get to here, H2, Def, uh, 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 relationship. You have to go through this H2 relationship. You have to go through here to get to here. They are one. They aren't separate. Father, Son, and we're coming here in a moment. So he says, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. So he's showing his part of the Godhead. He's saying, this is my definition. This is who I am. Bible teaches us this is how we believe. So then we also go to 1 John 5 and verse 20. And he says this, And we know, and we know, that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. So when Jesus walked on the earth, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he gave us an understanding. That's why it's so important that we also read the Gospels. He gave us an understanding that we might know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. We are in him because we say, Jesus, I accept you. I accept the Father. We are in him because it is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So we see their demonstration, how I'm going to show myself on earth. God the creator, God the son, who is the truth. And then he's seen Acts 1, 9, what happens also in the part that, and when he had spoken these things, now Jesus spoke to his disciples, which we're going to go back to in a moment. It says, while they watched. Now, who is watching? The disciples were watching. So this is found in Acts 1. This is after Jesus has been on the cross. He's speaking to his disciples the last words that we're going to be talking about in a moment. And he says, and he was taken up in a cloud, received him. So Jesus said, I'm up. Okay? So now we have God the Father in heaven. God the Son seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay? Very importantly, now go to John 14. So this is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit. Not the little brother. Not the one left out a lot in history. And even church relationship in life. Okay? This is what they say. Okay. If you love me, keep my commandments. In verse 16, and I will pray the Father... And I will pray the Father, Jesus, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you. 
that he will abide with you, that he will abide with you, that he will abide with you and you and you, that he will abide with you forever. Where's God? Where's God? In heaven. Where's the Son? Sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Where's the Holy Spirit? See? See, God didn't leave us. God didn't go, oh, get, hey, I'm out. No, no, but the church has left him out. Okay, so it says, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of what? The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither he sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Be in you. Be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So you recognize we need the H2 understanding of the Holy Spirit. So let's see the power of God that you and I need in our life. We need this power. We need to have an understanding of the power of God in our life. We need this to come love and abide and comfort and strengthen us in our life. It bubbles, it bubbles, it bubbles in our soul. Come on, church. He lives and abides in us. He wants to stay living and abiding in you and I. He wants to have his residence within our very being and be alive in every part of our life but we've got to get it. We've got to say, I'm taking this foundation. I'm understanding this is not little brother. This is God. This is God that has come to live and abide within me, to give me strength, to give me truth, to give me comfort. Come on, family. We got the Holy Ghost. So let's look at some scriptures that give us some understanding of kind of the first part of understanding the power of God in our life. Let's go right there to Acts, where, you know, just a moment ago, where Jesus spoke in Acts 1-9, where they watched him go up, okay? But we're going to go a little bit backwards to see what he said right before he went up. And we find this in Acts 1 and verse 4. And he says this, Acts 1-4, he says this, he said, and being assembled together with them. Okay, so Jesus was assembled with the people, with them. He commanded them not to depart from the place they were, which was Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, so listen, family. Jesus is speaking to his disciples now, these people that he is speaking to, do you realize that the people that he said, don't leave without this power, he's speaking to those people in the room had watched Jesus feed the thousands of people from a little loaf of bread and a little bit of fish. Those people in the room had watched Jesus raise people from the dead. Those people that he was speaking to, that he says, don't leave, don't leave without this power. They had seen blind eyes open. They had seen lame people walk. They had seen miracles and signs and wonders of every kind, of every magnitude. And yet he still said, don't leave. I don't know about y'all. But if he, says to, if he said to me, I haven't seen any, all of that. I've seen, I've seen some wonderful miracles, but I've not seen a dead person raised. 
I'm not seeing, in a sense, thousands of people get fed by a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. You know, but they had. And he still said, oh, no, 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 that's, that's, that's okay, but that's not good enough. So you have to realize that if, if, they, if it wasn't good enough for them, it ain't good enough for us. Amen, church? We, I mean, we got to have what God wants us to have. So he continues on right there in Acts. And then he pops down to verse 8 of Acts 1, 8. It'll be up here. It says, but you shall receive power. You, 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 you. You, you, you. We shall receive power. Power. Authority. Strength. We shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. We shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all over the place. You realize, though, that God says you shall receive power. Power. You receive strength. How many of us, how many of us look around in our world today and the anxiety of what's happening is sometimes overwhelming. The, the challenge of not being fearful about the medical stuff that they keep putting out over and over, the, 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 the separation that the devil has brought, pr- tried to bring us into humanity. Oh, hate them if they wear a mask. Hate them if they don't wear a mask. Hate them if they want a vac. Hate them if they're not going to get vac. Hate, hate, hate. I mean, the devil has brought in such an amount of hate for us to hate one another, fight one another, speak all kinds of things about one another. And yet the Spirit of God says, I want to give you power to overcome. Come on, how many of you want that power? I'm telling you, I want the power of God that I'm not, I want this bubbling, bubbling, bubbling in my soul. I want the strength of the Holy Spirit. Look at how it just strengthens it. It bubbles up inside our very being. The goodness of God. This is H2O, family. This is H2O. I'm not sticking my hands in it to show you. It's H2O, though. I'm just saying, right? H2O, H2O, H2O. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And this is the one that God says, want it to live and abide within you. I want it to have the power Within you. I want you to have the best inside of you. Then boom, it goes to Acts 2.4. Acts 2.4 says this. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we recognize something. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you, there is an evidence of something that God says, I want you to have something that is of evidence of me living and abiding within you. I just want you to have the evidence of this. Why? Because it gives you something. God always wants to give you something. God always wants you to have something that you can have to be strengthened on this earth. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2 gives us an understanding of what this being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues is. Okay, and it says this. For he who speaks to tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to man. This is very important, see? It says, but to God. So God gives us a language. God gives us, as they say, speaking in tongues, speaking in mystery language, speaking in the Holy Spirit. It's all the same thing. It says, for he who speaks in tongues does not speak to man, but we speak to God. We speak this language to God, and we're going to talk about even the why and the value of that. But no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, 
you speak mysteries. So notice this, for he who speaks and does, you do not speak so that people can understand you. You speak so that you're speaking to Father God. Write down this, jump down into verse 14. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the consention then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. So notice this though, God very clearly says, I will. There is an I will. Some of y'all have not realized that maybe at one time in your life you might have been praying in the Holy Spirit, but you chose not to continue on. You haven't prayed forever in the Holy Spirit because you didn't really understand the value. You didn't understand the value of the value of the Holy Spirit bubbling up within you and giving you that strength, having that power of God in your daily life. So you wonder, why have you become more anxious? You wonder, why have you had more fear? You wonder, why have you gotten angrier? You wonder, why is it harder to forgive people? You wonder, why do you love to hear gossip instead of hear the power of God's Word? Why? Because the bubbling of the Holy Spirit, holy, holy, holy Spirit has not been bubbling up within you to help you in those situations. Yet God wants to bubble up within you. It says, I will, I will. It's you use your own voice. You use your own vocal cords. You use your own. If I don't want to speak in English, family, guess what? I don't have to. I can shut it down at any time. So you can shut down the Holy Spirit also at any time. It goes on there and Paul says in verse 18, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. That gives you the amount in which Paul says, man, let's go for it. Come on, jump in. Jump in. You can pray in tongues when you're driving down the road, but be aware. You can pray in tongues when you're getting breakfast ready and just have fun. You can pray in tongues when you're playing games, when you're, when you're I mean, you can pray in tongues when you're doing your exercise. You can pray in tongues at all times. And in our environment, which is really beautiful, our Northwest, I mean, I'll sometimes I'll be praying, of course, now with mask on, whatever. But when you can pray in tongues, and I've been in stories, you know, I've been praying in the Holy Spirit, and then I realized I forgot, you know, I was praying in the Holy Spirit. But I figured, oh, they just thought I was speaking in another language. They just don't understand. So I, did, I didn't even apologize for it. I just like, hey, I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit. It's, I can pray in tongues anywhere and anytime. Then it says this in Romans. Now this to me, Romans 8, is such a key of understanding, okay? This kind of like really wraps up to me, to me, and this really gives me a really sense of understanding. Okay, so I know it's the power I know that I can have the evidence of praying this mystery language that God has given to me, but okay, but give me a little bit more, right? It says this in Romans 8, likewise the Spirit also helps in our weakness. It helps in our weakness. How many of you just felt weak? You don't know what to do. You don't know how to do it. Man, you're tempted left and right. You're mad left and right. You're anxious left and right. You just, it just it feels overwhelming sometimes. You don't know how to deal with your kid's behavior and you don't know what to do. But the Bible gives us the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit bubbling up within us. And he says right here, likewise the Spirit helps in our weakness. It says, helps it. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercessions for us, which cannot be uttered. You know, you, now it says He searches the heart. 
and knows what is the mind of the Spirit it, because he makes intercessions for, uh, for the saints according to the will of God. Do you realize that when you pray in this mystery language, you are praying according to the will of God. You're praying this perfect prayer. It bypasses your fear. It bypasses your, I can't do that. It bypasses, that's impossible. It bypasses your thinking that stops our own. When we pray in the language that we pray in our first language, if you realize how often that you begin to say something, you're like, oh yeah, that's not, I can't do that. Oh no, that's not possible. Oh, oh, that just makes me afraid. Those are how we would naturally respond to different things that we're praying about. But when you pray in this mystery language that God has given to you and I, it goes past our fears. It goes past our I cannot. It goes past that ability. And God says, oh no, no, I'll bypass I'll your weaknesses and I will pray in my power. I will, pray, I will bubble up in my power in the Holy Spirit within you. I will by, bypass you. Amen? Praise the Lord. And then it says in Jude, 20, uh, Jude 1 in verse 20, there's this one chapter in Jude, and it says this. But you, beloved, but you, church, but you, friends and family, build yourself up. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. But you... But you bubble, build, strengthen yourself up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Let the power of God bubble up within you when you cannot do it. I mean, the reality is you cannot. You cannot, but God can because he has come to live and abide within you and not leave you an orphan. He lives and abides within you. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.